Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days doing it Broto style and discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. Today, we take a look at the 12s, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop. But before we begin, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season. And it is free for a limited time. If you download this app, you will get fantasy player cards, which is basically a a more interactive version of player profiles, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced statistics and every statistic you need. But including statistics you can't get anywhere else, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected and points per opportunity, excluding TDs. You're going to hear us use these stats a lot um, and you're going to see that they work uh, free for a limited time. Thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash fantasy. Join now to support the show and the app, but most importantly, to join the community on Discord, playing leagues with the Broto Bros, get an extra podcast per week, the waiver podcast private team consultations, free giveaways, and more. And as always, the Brodo Hub is brotofantasy.com, where you can find all things Brodo. Let's dive in. Offensive outlook. Interesting, interesting, interesting stuff here. Michael, I'm, I'm going to let you say this because I know that you, you – I'm going to let you say it. Go ahead. Who's gone? What? Bro. Oh, Brian Schottenheimer. Thank you. Yeah. Come on. Come on Michael. Like, I, I was Goodbye, like, I can't, shoddy. I can't take <laughs> it's been nice. Michael, Michael is probably shoddy. Brian Schottenheimer's number one hater. Shoddy. Like just hates him the absolute most. And they're moving away from Brian Schottenheimer. And it's it's interesting because they, they're moving away from him because Pete Carroll said they passed too much last year. And if you look at the evidence, that's what they've that's what they did. Uh two years ago. They passed the ball 44% of the time. What? Uh, a year ago, 51% of the time. Then last year, up to 58% of the time. So, obviously, Pete Carroll wants them to run the ball more. Uh, they hire offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. You assume because he plans to run the ball more. Um, this is something that has made a lot of people question, like, what the hell's going on here? Let Russ cook. So, let's start with the quarterbacks. Um I mean, Michael, let Russ cook was a movement, an absolute movement. And people loved it and people embraced it and fantasy embraced it because he was producing and the Seahawks were winning. And then all of a sudden, everything kind of switched on its head and they became predictable. I wonder what we can expect from Russell Wilson this year, if not what we've been getting the whole time. You know, I kind of that's what I expect. Like 
does any of these changes, all these things that I'm talking about, do they, do, do any of them matter if it's just going to be the same old shit again with this with yes. Shane Waldron? It all matters because no, no, and no about this team running more. You're going to see it has nothing to do with the fact their offense didn't start sucking because they weren't running enough. Their offense started sucking because they ran this vanilla style offense where Brian, Sch- Brian Schottenheimer had them rolling through the first eight weeks mm-hmm. of the season or so and then made absolutely zero changes because he's an awful head coach. And they literally said opposing teams were calling out their plays while they were lined up on the field because the dude was an absolute horrible coach, has always been an absolute horrible coach since his days with the Jets, and it's about damn time they moved on. So that offense struggled after because they got made, as they say in cop world. They just (laughs) knew what was coming. And the defenses obviously could capitalize on that. NFL quarterbacks, no matter how good they are, if an opposing team is able to see what's coming, you're going to have a lot of fucking trouble trying to figure out how to be successful against that defense. And that's what happened last season. Russ was a top seven quarterback six of the first seven games last year and then never topped seven again from week nine on. He was never a QB seven or better after week nine. And now, like you said, Shane Waldron's coming over. I don't buy that he's bringing over this rushing mentality. I do think it's going to be a rushing and passing attack. I don't think this is going to be some uh, Buffalo Bills-style offense. But during his time with the Rams, yes, he was with Sean McVay. But the Rams, during his time there, they were top 10 in passing yards three times and top 10 in rushing yards three times throughout his four years in Los Angeles. And he's only 42 years old. He's a younger mind than Pete Carroll and younger than most offensive coordinators in the league. He was the passing game coordinator for the Rams all those three years. So he was obviously side-by-side with Sean McVay the entire way, and that is someone you want to be learning from and someone you want to be paired with for several years. And they're they're already saying they're more excited about this offense. Um, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and company have all said great things about Waldron so far. This may end up, look, maybe this doesn't work out. I don't see how you could get worse than Brian Schottenheimer. I think the Russ-Metcalf-Lockett trio could win some best ball leagues this year. I think they're going to be a magnificent trio, and I think Russell Wilson is going to be a magnificent quarterback. I think his him wasting his prime years with Brian Schottenheimer at the helm is just a travesty to all involved and everyone who enjoys the NFL. I'm so glad that's over. I think Russ, right now, he's going as the quarterback right after the big five um you could get him in like a sixth or seventh round I don't have any issue really drafting him there I think he has a good shot to be a very good fantasy quarterback this year as he basically has always been and I think this is an offense that you're gonna want some parts of interesting take because when when you talk like that Michael the the it goes against what Pete Carroll himself says but when you just take a step back and you realize Pete Carroll just tells lies over and over like this, and over, it's a little ridiculous. Guy, <laughs> he like outward lies all the time and doesn't even care. Like he just, he just never tells the truth to the public ever. So you can, because the evidence points towards they want to get, they want to put the ball in Russ's hands. Like that's where the evidence leads. But Pete Carroll says the, the opposite. So uh, is Pete Carroll lying? Uh, so far, is P. Carroll lying has been a question that has come back with the answer. Yes. Um, if he is lying, um, then Michael, you're going to be right. Jason, if he's not lying, then Chris Carson is going criminally underdrafted. 
because they're going to have to do something. With that being said, I know you guys, I, I, I'm wondering, because we haven't talked about this yet, so this is going to be a brand new take for me, your Chris Carson take. I wonder also how you guys feel about Rashad Penny, because I do feel like, and I know, I know I'm know, i the Rashad Penny guy on the, on the podcast, and oh. you guys aren't a big fan, but he's healthy. He's second on the depth chart. Last time he was healthy, he got a fair amount of work, and I'm not talking about him being fantasy viable, maybe a couple games if Chris Carson goes down. But I'm not talking about I'm talking about him eating into Chris Carson's work more than I'm talking about him being individually fantasy viable. So how do you feel about this backfield? I'm not concerned by Rashad Penny at all, man. Me neither. Look, if the Seahawks want to see you at this third, fourth, fourth, third year running back that's always been injured, that hasn't even been that good when healthy can do. He's been, oh, he's, he's been stupid. good healthy. But look, I, I want to talk about healthy. Chris Carson, because no matter whether you're scared or a shot penny or not, Chris Carson is the model of consistency. He's never had a season with more than four games outside the top 24 running backs. Basically, just put a check mark next to RB2 or better every single week. Just check it off happily. And then if you look at what he did last season, in 11 games... He set a career high with 35 receptions, career high four receiving touchdowns, and almost set a career high with 248 yards. And no one wants to talk about the fact that he received more passing game work because we know that he's going to get the rushing work. We know that he's going to find the end zone 8 to 12 times this season and with 800 to 1,100 yards. That's a given. But if he's able to put up 50 receptions, five touchdowns, and... 400 yards, we're looking at a legit-ass player. And last year, because his receiving work went up, in PPR leagues, he was 12th in points per game when Chris Carson was never someone you thought of as a PPR RB1. That's exactly what he was in points per game last season. So, to me, it seems like the Seahawks are either going to run more, which is cool for Carson, or they're going to pass more, which is cool for Carson. And he's just there for the taking for you to have as your RB2. He's as safe as you can come. You're not drafting him thinking he has the number one overall running back upside, as you might think when you take fucking Joe Mixon or David Montgomery or whoever else. But you can't get any safer than Chris Carson. Honestly, it's funny because if he wasn't, I think that's why it feels icky there. If he didn't have this injury history of sorts, he would clearly be drafted higher like it wouldn't even be a question he'd be being drafted higher period doesn't feel good to take chris carson in the third round but it's a good pick i mean he's like he's one of those running fairly often now is he yeah the late fourth i've seen him go in the late fourth a bit yeah interesting interesting many things to consider ideally chris carson is your fourth best player ideally but it's a very good fourth best player um, let's talk about these wide receivers because these wide receivers, specifically one of them, if he's your fifth best player, then you're in really great shape. Uh, he's probably not going to be, and that's DK Metcalf. He's going uh, in the first round. I mean, not in the first twelve. Excuse me, as a, as a wide receiver one. Um, me personally, I have him. I think at at wide receiver uh, six or seven. Um, it does concern me last year. It does concern me last year how he ended, but that was the whole offense. Um, you were obviously high on Russ 
you think this is going to be more of a passing game. At least Michael does. Jason, do you concur with Michael? Because now this is where you're going to say, if if we pass it more, it's going to make a difference. Um, do you agree with Michael? And what does that mean for DK? And also, Tyler Lockett on this team is one of the more underrated players that you could have because he's going in the fifth round. Now he's up and down, and a lot of people have sour taste in their mouth because Tyler Lockett was a superstar, and then he was nothing for a very long time. So he he busted a lot of people's teams. So he's one of those who leaves a sour taste in your mouth. But he's a great value right now. How do you feel about their value right now? All right, so I see the Tyler Lockett is a value argument. Last year, 100 receptions, 1054 yards, 10 touchdowns, 13th wide receiver in PPR points, 16th paid. the year before, uh, 10th in true target value, right? Like, all of these things tell you Tyler Lockett's a very good pick in the first, first, fifth round. And then you go to his points tool on the Brodo app. I'm sorry, I misspoke earlier as well. 16th was his overall finish, not the year prior. When you go to the points tool, search Tyler Lockett and just laugh because it's up and down and up and down, like more than anyone you'll ever see. If you look at Tyler Lockett's, and it's not as up as you might think. If you look at his wide receiver one finishes since 2015, it's three, two, 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 three, three. So he's going to give you two to three wide receiver one games per year. Now those games are going to be 40-point games. But that's what you're going to get. If you look at his wide receiver four plus finishes, so outside of the top 36, 10, 11, 10, 5, 7, 9. Four of the last six seasons, this guy has been outside the top 36 at least nine times per season. And if you look again at his career top 12 weeks, He's been a top 12 wide receiver five times and 15 times in his entire career. Just the last two seasons, he's been outside the top 36 16 times. Wow. Damn. He is best ball. Like, yeah. if someone asks you what's best ball, you just say Tyler Lockett. And if they say, what do you mean? Just even Tyler Lockett. Figure it out. You'll figure it out. <laughs> Tyler Lockett is best ball. In redraft, I don't want him. I want nothing to do with him. I know he's going to put up points. He'll probably win me three weeks, but he'll probably lose me eight. I don't want Tyler Lockett. Because also... What if Tyler, what if Tyler Lockett is your wide receiver three? Because he can be your wide receiver three where he's going. Sure. I'll take him as a wide receiver three, but like you still don't want one point <laughs> nine times a year. Yeah. That's what yeah. he does. It's wild. And if you look at... Mr. DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf on the other side. Big fucking guy. And look at his improvements from year one to year two, man. Targets, 100 to 129. Receptions, 58 to 83. Yards, 900 to 1303. Touchdowns, 7 to 10. Points per game, 47 to 6th. Bro, I got, real quick, not to cut you off, but I was in the FSGA draft last year that was on... Um, broadcasted on Sirius and they asked me about my Metcalf pick and I was like the fact that I just got DK Metcalf in the fifth round and that guy drafted Tyler Lockett in the fourth round 12 picks before me 
is ridiculous and it's going to look ridiculous. I cannot believe that DK Metcalf is getting picked later than Tyler Lockett. And it's like he's just such a better player overall than Tyler Lockett as you see them on the field. Like Tyler Lockett gets this rap that he's like this really, really, really good player. Sure. He's also just like not big. Like, I don't know. If he gets behind the defense, he'll provide a big play. That's basically what he needs to do. Like, every time he has a big game, it's because he got behind the defense, really. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, not, he's, he's uh, not someone I'm... I don't know. I've never been a huge Tyler Lockett guy at all, really. I, like Jason said, he is best ball. I'm avoiding Tyler Lockett as well. But go ahead. I was going to say, before we move on from these receivers, there's also a guy who's getting a little bit of love for no reason who goes by the name of Dwayne Eskridge. 24-year-old rookie who's 5'8", who is nine months older than DK Metcalf, whose career high in catches in college is 38. Maybe he's the Antonio Gibson of wide receivers. Wide receivers, yeah. Don't take a Honestly, shot on Dwayne Eskridge. Trade him if you drafted him in Dynasty. If you, I think Dwayne Eskridge is a fine last-round best ball dart throw because he is in the Seattle offense. You don't know how they'll... Maybe they'll get him involved. Russell Wilson can make anyone valuable. If he tried, David Moore had a couple good games. He could have maybe a couple David Moore games. Freddie Swain had oh, a man. last pick games. in best ball. Is if that's the most enticing thing you can say about this guy? Well, then yeah, I'm, so I don't think Dwayne Eskridge is going to be a weekly viable fantasy piece. I agree with you. This there. this goes in. This kind of goes into my into my thing into my like what I was going to say is I'm I'm fading Lockett because he needs to get behind the defense and. Russell Wilson spreads the ball around, man. His tight end is going to get involved. His David, the David Moores on the team are going to get involved. The Dwayne Estridges of the team are going to get involved. Like these guys are going to get two, one, two throws a game. The Jacob Hollisters of the team, like he's going to spread the ball around. He doesn't, he's not one of those guys who's hyper um, trying to funnel to the one and two receivers. So when you have DK Metcalf on the other side, it's hard to see a world where Tyler Lockett gets the volume he needs to be more consistent. I think that's uh that's something that I that I definitely I I want to yeah, I don't want any part of that. What I do want to see though is Gerald Everett. This one's an interesting one. Gerald Everett is some people say misused in LA, was misused in LA. Um he's very enticing here because we do know that Russell Wilson likes to target his tight ends. No one's talking about him. Absolutely nobody. So the question is, Michael, uh, what tight ends? Yeah, I mean, I was going to start this by saying Gerald Everett is everyone's favorite sleeper. I don't know what, where you're getting. Um, nobody's talking. I don't. About I don't him. have I don't anyone. Know. I didn't. He's like, he's look at any sleeper list. Is Gerald Everett is on it? Yeah. Really? Okay. Well, that shows you I don't read enough of uh, other people's fantasy advice. It's probably why you're better than them. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, oh, go ahead, Mike. Um, Gerald Everett, who is everybody's favorite sleeper, Tim. He has ten games ever, um, excuse me, eight games ever as a top ten tight end through his first four seasons in the league. Not great. He's always been a backup and or splitting time, um, during his time in L.A. I, like that's typically not something like I typically don't chase people who do not have any sort of production that you could chase in the first four years but with that being said he is heading to a team that threw to their tight end 108 times last season 
with Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Between Olsen, Disley, and Jacob Hollister, the tight end position for Seattle averaged almost one and a half red zone looks per game, which is very interesting. And he does have a connection to the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, who was with Gerald Everett the entire time Gerald Everett was in L.A. So, right now, according to Sleeper, his ADP is tight end 21. I don't know about that. I'm seeing him go, like, tight end 14 through 17-ish in FFPC and underdog. But these are more, I guess, in home leagues, he is still falling behind a little bit at tight end 21. If you want to take a chance on him there, sure. Um, I think there are too many people who are deciding they're going to go into their season with Gerald Everett as their tight end. Like, I don't think that is a smart move. If you want to take a, sh- a shot on Gerald Everett and a co- and someone else, another young tight end, like a Cole Komet or like a, um, like a Noah Fant, if you want to draft the tight end earlier, I suppose that'll do. But like Gerald Everett, I'm sure he'll have a big game here and there, but... I think he's just going to be one of those guys where in week seven, you see him number one on waivers for teams in need of tight ends. And then week eight, he goes two catches, 19 yards. Like he'll have big games here and there. I assume Um, he'll likely end as a top 20 tight end at the end of the year. Like I do think his ADP is a little dumb. Like I don't think he's going to be outside the top 20 tight ends tied to Russell Wilson and now not a Brian Schottenheimer offense. I, but I also think the people who are expecting him to end as like a top seven, eight tight end, because I've seen that even a lot of like a lot of bold calls are that, oh, he's going to be a top, maybe even a top five tight end this year or like something stupid like that. Like that's not going to happen. But I do think he has some appeal where he's currently going in drafts and can be someone that maybe you plug and play from week to week, depending on the matchup. It's interesting. Gerald Everett. Also, if you don't remember drafted in the second round 44th pick overall this is a highly drafted player graded out very very well but his comps on the on the broto app are are not friendly they are um and again the comps are based on rookie production college clive walford lance hendricks rob halster ed dixon and then jermichael finley who was actually pretty good clive walford that's Mm -hmm. a Clive that's Walford, I miss Clive Walford. I mean, they're all thirty-seven percent though, so it's not like a, it's not like a big one. But with that being said, there could be better guys out there. Uh, who's your one injury away? It's got to be Rashad Penny, right? I mean, duh. I guess, yeah. No. Why do you? Why don't you let Rashad Penny into your hearts? I think the Seattle. I think and Seattle is a team somewhere. What no other one. team did we talk about? Where no it's like a no one type thing, away. like a Rams type i think it might be a no one type of thing where whoever does step in isn't really like a huge benefactor of whoever got hurt leaving so amen yeah maybe Dwayne eskridge just for jason's sake oh did we get jason's penny Uh, i guess by default where could they find you, Jason? At BrotoFF Jason. That's my name. Find me at BrotoFF Tim. At BrotoFF Mike over here. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. All of us at BrotoFantasy.com on Twitter, on Instagram, and now on TikTok. Go follow us on TikTok if you got yourself a TikTok. Um, yeah, and that's it. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Download the app. We've already said that spiel. Um, we are coming and finishing up the NFC West next time with the 49ers. Let's get it. Heat wave.